Broadcasting from the Business Radio X studio in Alpharetta, it's time for Profit Sense with Bill McDermott. Welcome, everybody, to the inaugural show of Profit Sense. This is Bill McDermott. Uh, looking forward to a fun-filled informational show today. Uh, we're going to be talking with Trisha Dempsey of Thrive Her. Trisha, welcome. So glad Thank you're here. Thank you. Good to be here. And so part of uh, uh, part of the audience might be wondering, gosh, Bill, uh, Profit Sense, uh, why did you do that? And so just wanted to share with you a little bit. Um, in about 30 years of banking before I became uh, uh, an entrepreneur and started McDermott Financial, I've just seen business owners struggle with uh, financial blind spots. I think, Tricia, probably that's uh, something Guilty. that you and others have struggled <laughs> with uh, over time. So uh, having probably worked in banking with three, 4,000 different businesses over 30 years, I wanted to try to start a podcast helping business owners understand that they, too, can have a path to profitability and that there are ways to overcome their uh you know, they're blind spots. I think what we had talked about certainly at different times is you have to change your mindset. Yeah. Uh, it's Absolutely. mindset over skill set when it mm -hmm. comes, and, and we'll cer certainly be talking more about that. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's kind of uh, uh, it with, uh, with McDermott Financial Solutions. Uh, if you want to uh, uh, subscribe, obviously there's ways to do that, and uh, I'll certainly be uh, – Posting updates on LinkedIn if you follow me on LinkedIn as well. So, Tricia, second business, yes. Thrive Her. Mm -hmm. uh, what a great name. So talk a little bit about the inspiration that was behind Thrive Her. Yes. So, you know, if you have started a business recently, you know how challenging it is to find a name for a business. It's actually it is. really challenging from a URL standpoint. I loved Ariana Huffington's book, Thrive. I gave it to the WIT board when I was president years ago, and I gave it away. I had boxes of it, gave it away forever. And I think the inspiration for me was seeing such a successful businesswoman who also really had a massive focus on self-care and on recharging herself and making sure she had enough energy to bring to work every day. And that's really where the Thrive part of the inspiration came. And then when I thought about who I wanted to serve, I just always had an affinity for helping women. And I've been a major part of a lot of organizations for years and years and years. So that just felt like a natural fit. And when I, uh, I remember waking up, this is funny, Robin Roberts on Good Morning America has a thing called Thriver Thursday. And uh -huh. literally I had just gotten the URL Thrive Her and Robin Roberts posted that uh, or had the, the show on, on Thriver Thursday. Wow. And I pinged her on social media and said, I just started my business, Thriver. Can I be on TV <laughs> with you one day? Which is on my bucket list for sure. So um, that's kind of how the name came about. Wow. That's a great story. And actually helping professional women live their purpose, leverage their strengths, and love what they do. So how do you incorporate all those into your coaching? Yeah, so there's when when women work with me, there's really kind of one of a couple different ways that we get a chance to work together. One is a is a um, if if you join my community, which is thrive-her.com/slash/join, and you can just go and become part of that. You'll get free little mini weekly coaching every single week. I call it Thriver Thursday. I wow. put an email and a, and a video out every single week that does a little nugget of 
coaching for women so they can get a taste of what that feels like and, and is like. Because so many women, unless they're at the top levels in their organizations, don't have coaches. Sure. And so for them, I wanted to introduce what it's like to have a coach. The second way is to really take one of my courses, which um, one of my courses is called Pinpoint Your Purpose. And I think for me, finding my purpose at the age of 49 has been transformational. And if I could help somebody do that in the 20s or the 30s or the 40s, you know, I, I believe it could be a rocket fuel for where they take their life. And so I, I offer that through my coaching course, Pinpoint Your Purpose. Yeah. And what a way to give back, because in, in many ways, I'm guessing Thriver is also uh, the Trisha Dempsey story. It is. It is. And it's really, it's really, I think you mentioned mindset at the very beginning, but I believe every result we have in life started with the thoughts that we have. I mm. absolutely believe that. And so there's power in your thoughts. And I meet so many women who say, well, I can't, or I'd really like to one day, but I'm afraid, or I'm concerned about this, or I need to ask my husband, or I need to get permission from my boss. And, you know, really, I believe um, in the power of taking that first courageous step mm -hmm. and then having a good mentor or two that get you past the humps and hard parts makes all the difference. So I think everything starts with mindset. Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I'm a guy, unfortunately, <laughs> I, you know, I'm I not noticed. a woman, <laughs> but there are some challenges that are unique to professional women today. So talk about what some of those challenges are. Yeah, there's some obvious ones like work-life balance, like juggling it all. Um, and then there's maybe some not so obvious ones. So I think um, I've been speaking a lot about imposter syndrome. I think women actually have so much of the skill set and tool set to be able to take larger jobs, but they just don't feel like it's for them or they, you know, if they have two out of 10 things, we've all heard that cliche, that they won't go for it where a man right. would. Um, back so, to the mindset thing a little bit. Back to the mindset. But I'm going to tell you the two things that I find most frequently with women, because I've now surveyed and talked to hundreds since I've started, two big challenges. One is clarity on what you want to do, because when you're a busy mom, then you've got a job and you come home and cook and get the wash done and all that. You have no time to think about being clear. Sure. And the second is confidence. Uh -huh. And so I find that so many women have what it takes but they haven't made the switch in their minds, going back to mindset again, that they can actually take a step forward and do it. And so I see those as probably the two biggest challenges that women have. They come to me with, with things like, I don't have enough time, or I, or I need work-life balance, or you know, I don't have the skill set I exactly have. But really, it comes down to that clarity and that confidence. Yeah, so I noticed on your website, you talked a little bit about before you could help others, mm -hmm. you really had to help yourself. So how did that clarity oh come about in your mind? This is why we're sitting here in so many ways, right? <laughs> so I, I say to women, I've always had a coach. You know, I've always had a coach. From the time I started playing basketball in seventh grade, I've literally always had a coach. Uh -huh. And when I became a professional, I always hired coaches. Um, when I started my business, there were some very specific coaching needs that I had. And one was how we came about meeting, which was finding financing um, for myself. And so really seeking out somebody. I mean, when I thought about how do I go get a line of credit? And how do I get the capital to be able to grow my business? I was at a complete loss. I was Googling like how to get a loan. You know, I mean, it was that cursory of, of knowledge. 
So I wanted to be paired with a person that had enough experience and gray hair, no offense, but <laughs> who, who had the wisdom to be able to help me go about doing that in a way that didn't stress me out completely as a business owner and constrict everything that makes business owners business owners. Sure. And, um, and so I've had multiple coaches over the years for multiple things, depending on the need, a personal coach, a finance coach, um, a presentation coach. Like I've always thought that that was a, a way for me to expedite my education on things. Mm-hmm. I certainly didn't want to go back to school and get a finance degree. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 Not enough time in the day with everything else <laughs> no. that's going on. No. So that clarity has really come through coaching and leveraging the expertise of others uh, to help you get what you want, not only out of work, but also out of life. Yeah, that's right. So um, Thriver has an interesting business model. It's a little bit unique. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about why uh, you selected the business model of actually being focused on ah, course, courses yeah. uh, versus one-on-one coaching like most coaches do. So. so- for instance, pinpoint your purpose. That's that's fascinating. Well, to me. the the you know the business model that most people think of when they think about well, I get to twenty five years or so, and then I'm going to become a coach, is an hour by the hour business model. And I'm fascinated now with business models. You've helped me be more curious about that. And it wasn't a leverageable model. You could coach maybe four or five people a day before you felt like you were in therapy all the time with somebody. And it didn't feed the energy that I needed to be able to bring my best to the business. So I started looking at business models, and one of them was offering digital courses. That business is like a $125 billion business, 325 wow. in the next five years. Wow. Like It is the future of how had, we'll deliver I had no content. idea. For me, it served two purposes. One is I live in Sunset, South Carolina, which has a population of 1,100 people. We're very proud of that. And there was no way I was going to meet that many women there. So for me, it was a geographical thing, and then it was also an impact thing. I had a vision of coaching 10,000 women before I sunset off and actually live there full-time and not work. And to do that, I had to be leveraged through digital courses. Sure, sure. And to be able to make it affordable enough that the average woman would not have to ask her husband or her boss mm-hmm. to be able to get involved in it. That yeah. was my goal. Yeah. So if you were going to give the audience a little preview of what Pinpoint Your Purpose might be like, which I think is yeah. coming up here in the next November, several months. November 5th is okay. our next class. So, okay. So um, you can learn more about it at thrive-her.com slash purpose. So okay. you can find out a lot about it. But it really is a digital course and group coaching program. It lasts for six weeks. So we drop a, we, on week one, you drop content for module one, which is all about how to pinpoint your purpose. And on week two, you implement that information. And we get back on a coaching call and coach about group coach, um, last, this last class, 45 women at a time, group coach about what the challenges were, what they learned in that first module. Second module is really all about how to leverage your strengths. So we, we leverage the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment to uh, be able I love to. That. To take a look at that and really help women understand it's okay to just embrace your strengths and be okay with this is my purpose, this is my strength, this is what I want to do with it. And the final module really is all about creating a vivid vision. And you you know this or you might remember this from our Agile days, but I wrote a vision for Agile year one. Mm-hmm. Year 10, about 90% of that vision had come true. $10 million in revenue, selling the business, and I didn't know at that time to a publicly traded company having the money to be able to buy a house on the lake. You know, so many things about that business came true 
because I put that in writing and, and put it in a vision. So I believe in that process. Yeah. And so one of the things that uh, I know on uh, I got from your website is whenever you faced adversity in your life, mm-hmm. there were really four steps uh, that mm-hmm. you went through. And one of those was changing mindset. And also, the mind is such a powerful thing. If you actually see it in writing, yeah, uh, you know, you start your life just starts going there. So, okay. So you bring up a great point. There's this reticular activating system in your brain, which is the way your brain filters out its 60,000 thoughts a day. And 95% of those thoughts are repetitive. So you can literally train your brain to um, be focused on something that you will ultimately live one day. So I, I tell people, if you have a real vision about things, you'll unlock your iPhone 110 times a day, change your home screen to a picture that represents what your ultimate outcome is going to be or change your password on your computer. So you're constantly feeling it with your fingers every day, mm-hmm. seeing it with your eyes and retraining your brain into where you want to ultimately go. Yeah. So uh, funny story. Uh, I'm going to go off on a tangent here for Do just it. a quick second. It's your so show, I was, Bill. I was, uh, I was 14 years old uh, playing golf, actually mm-hmm. starting to become proficient. And I was playing with my dad, uh, my grandfather, and a friend of uh, my grandfather's. I called him Uncle Stan. So we're on the golf course, and all of a sudden we come up to this hole. The fairway, Trisha, is lined with trees. Narrow. Narrow. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I'm looking at this hole mm-hmm. saying, how am I going to hit the drive down the fairway? And so Uncle Stan, I'll remember it forever. <laughs> He said, and of course, he called me Billy back then. <laughs> Billy, the fairway is only six inches wide. And I didn't know what he was talking about. And so basically, he touched the right side and the left side yeah. of his temple, said it's the fairway is from here to here. So talking about mindset, what I perceived in my mind's eye is a narrow fairway. Yep. In reality, my mind made it much worse than it had to be. Yes. And and I bet if you close your eyes and visualize it, I mean, I often do this. I start every day with visualization. I visualize my day. I look at my calendar and think about who am I meeting with and how do I want those meetings to go? What kind of impression do I want to make on that person? What kind of inspiration do I want to give? And, and, I, and I visualize how those outcomes are going to be with every single meeting and call I have. Yeah, so share with our audience the the vision that you have for Thriver. And I know it's going to continue to evolve over time. But as you picture in your mind's eye, what is Thriver all about? Yeah, I think um, for me, Thriver is a movement. You know, it's it's my life's calling. But I think ultimately as the business model unfolds, it'll be a combination of digital courses that that women can get at a reasonable level price um, so that they can start to experience the power of having a coach. And if I could take, you know, and I, I say this as leaders all the time, our responsibility is to recognize the potential in people and tell them that we recognize it. Cause you did that for me as a business owner. And I was like, I stink as a business owner. And you're like, no, you don't. Once you get focused, you're going to get it. And so I think um, offering digital courses on a larger scale and having almost like a Netflix type of library that women can um, tap into and take for whatever topic that they want to take that for is one part of the, of the business. I think still having some one-on-one coaching with women who really need an additional accountability and, and support. I've already 
in a month's time, I've got 14 one-on-one coaching clients. I promised wow. to stop at 10 and then women keep coming. And so I'm trying to figure out how to scale that model with some additional coaching partners. So I'm looking for other coaches with a similar mindset and vibe um, as, uh-huh. as what Thriver has. And then I think there's a long-term play of an, of a, um, year long membership where women can come and join just like you would Netflix, $29 a month or $49 a month. And sure. you can be a part of that all over the world. So I envision this to be a global movement at some point in time. I've never run a business at scale. And one of my goals, one of my bucket list goals is to run this at scale. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's and to a do great. it all from sunset, South Carolina. <laughs> uh, I have every confidence that you will be successful. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> so, Who's your target client? Uh, what would you want? Uh, what would you want the audience to know? Okay, so I spent a lot of time on this. Her name is Maya. Okay, she is thirty-seven years old. She has two children. She's married. She works at the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Kindness is somewhere in her motto every single day. And mm-hmm. I work. I, 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 that's my true target audience. And somebody who has kids and is in the middle of trying to figure out. Oh my gosh, you know, how am I going to juggle all this? How do I make all this work? And how do I keep my confidence high when I'm struggling to get out the door and get my kids on the bus in the morning time? So I have a very like, I have a specific person in my head when I think about my target audience, but I also have avatars built around a community of women. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women that come in to thrive her, I call them goal getting go givers. That's what I call them. Okay. So they are ambitious and they're hungry to do more. And at the same time, they've got a big heart and they're trying to balance the, how much do I give versus how much can I get out of life um, scenario? So sometimes that's a woman who might be, you know, at AT AT&T for 30 years and is now deciding I'm at this last chapter. What can I do with my life? Right. And early women who are saying, you know, how do I get more aligned with my purpose in my twenties? so that I could really live the amazing life that I want to. And I think this generation is just prime for that kind of thinking. So mm-hmm. uh, Maya, when I think about my very specific avatar and who is ideal for me, um, but really a community of women that kind of fit a large age group and span professional, ambitious women who want to create a thriving life and career they love. Yeah. And not just surviving, but actually thriving. Oh my gosh. Yes, Definitely. So that particular target client seems to me is balancing multiple things, mm-hmm. uh, being a working professional, very mm-hmm. successful in their career, but also wanting to also be successful uh, as potentially a mother uh, and a wife, as well as being active socially. Mm-hmm. And so that person seems to have things in life. Mm-hmm. Just beyond uh, one or two, and trying to juggle it all. Yeah, you know how how do they juggle? There's it all? a great resource I'd like to just offer the audience. You, they can get it at thrive-her.com/balance. And I created this article. I, I the very first thing I created, I sent out an email to all of the women in the database and said, "I'm thinking about writing something more meaningful in these four areas. What do you want?" Unanimously, women wanted to find out how do I balance it all. So, you know, I, I, I was, I remember, I remember this day I was sitting at Cricket Wireless and I was going in to present to them about women in technology. And we were all sitting around ahead of time talking about life. And mm-hmm. there was 22 of us or so in the room. It was literally like, I remember counting it and thinking, oh my goodness. 
Most of those women, we were joking around, um, you know, either their husband stayed home or they had a wife at home. And then we were kidding around about this. And so we all started talking about how do we outsource our life? How do we have one of ourselves at home right. so that we can effectively run our businesses? So I wrote a piece on what I had done to outsource to a wife. And her name was Tori Davis and Christy Carey. I mean, there was lots of women over the years that really made my life so much easier. Sure. Um, so that I could really do what I wanted to do and my family didn't suffer. That was really important to me. So mm-hmm. I think outsourcing is a viable option because you can go on next door in your neighborhood, post up, hey, these are the four things I need help with. Literally, somebody finished my wash every week, did my grocery shopping, took my dogs to the groomer, uh, made sure my dry cleaning was all pull, you know, uh, put away at the end of the week. And we did nothing on the weekend. Yeah. And I think you've got it. If you're going to be a successful woman, Almost every executive woman, I, I, I would venture to say every executive woman that I know, um, and as they get to a certain point in their career, they all have some level of support. And I think this is the big secret for women. I think we all think we should do it ourselves, but the really successful ones, they have the support. And it's not them working more hours. So uh, there are also probably some listeners in our audience that are maybe three or four years away from becoming a Maya. Mm-hmm. There are also some Mayas out there that are a little bit beyond yeah. uh, Maya. So um, what would you say to them? Yeah, I think that the, um, I think that if I were, you know, it's my daughter's 19. I think we have this conversation all the time. I think you got to uh, set the expectations with whoever you're going to spend your life with that you have ambition and mm-hmm. that you're going to need his support or her support, whatever your choice is. And you also um, let need to let somebody know that you know um, that you're going to support them equally as much as they they that that support is expected for you. I also think I would tell them that um, you need to be visible early in your career. This is a big thing I've learned is you know before you're ready you need to do it. You need to be visible. You need to let people know what kind of good things you are doing without sounding cheesy. And right. this is a hard thing for women to do. So you okay. need to learn how to communicate your value with confidence and you need to learn how to be visible so that you can maximize your impact and people recognize what you're doing. And that's a really hard balance for women. I'm in sales, sure. so that doesn't bother me at all. I will tell you exactly <laughs> what I'm doing all the time. But for a lot of women, that's really intimidating. So I would, I would definitely tell them. And then the ones that are later on in their life, I'd say, man, if you're, if you spent 30 years doing something that wasn't your purpose, there is a whole life out there for you after. I was just finishing my class yesterday and one of the ladies said, I still have something to give to the world. And she was probably in her late fifties. And I said, Oh my God, absolutely. As long as we have breath, you know, right. You absolutely have it. But we get in this mindset of I'm too young or I'm too old. I don't have enough experience or I've I've already kind of passed my prime. We start to tell ourselves these stories and going Mm -hmm. back to thoughts. That's all just baloney. Sure. Um, So I think uh, that's probably the advice I'd give. So um, I've, I've heard a term mentioned, which I've kind of adopted. I call them SLBs. There Mm -hmm. are self limiting beliefs Mm -hmm. uh, that all of us have. And and so it sounds like part of the, uh, uh, encouragement that you give to professional women is, uh, which I also saw on your website, and uh, they have to elevate their standards. Uh, you have to expect of yourself something more than what you're currently expecting. Yeah. So in addition to changing mindset, they also have to elevate their standards as yeah. well. And you know, Bill, this is, um, I mean, I could talk about this for hours, but 
The biggest shift that I made in starting Thrive Her from when I had Agile is I came at Agile always from a perspective of scarcity. I used to say the words all the time. I'm just three, three months away from going out of business. And my other friends who run businesses would say, me too. Okay. I'm not the only one. And I'd say, well, I don't, you know, I never have enough cash. I never have. It's always stressful. I always think about payroll. And I would work myself into that mindset. So yeah. guess what it felt like? It always felt like that. And you know what I write in my journal every morning is, I am a healthy and wealthy woman. And underneath of the word wealth, I write, who never worries about money, ever worries about money. Right. And do I have enough money to not ever worry about money? No. Um, but I refuse to participate in sure. that scarcity. And so I think... Elevating yourself to there's plenty of room for all of us out here. There's plenty of money. So you, you know, if you're, if you're, the guy sitting next to you just got a 10% raise, there's 10% for you too. You just need to be visible. You need to go be confident about communicating that value and ask for it. So yeah. you have to get your brain right before you can move up and next level. You know, someone much smarter than me mentioned uh, uh, the acronym fear, false mm -hmm. emotions appearing real yeah and so all of us have those fears right. trisha that uh that appear real to us but upon you know further reflection uh they're self-limiting uh we have to figure out a way to overcome them which you certainly have in uh, uh in what you're doing at thriver um, and you're reaching a great audience and i'm sure continuing to make make an impact yeah so in addition to uh clients uh who is a good alliance partner? You know, professional services, yes. our best uh, our best opportunities come by word of mouth referral. There's two, great question, by the way. There's two groups that I feel like really, really um, cling to what I'm talking about. And, and I offer something meaningful to them. Okay. Uh, one is internal employee resource groups where they're serving women. Okay. You know, there's not, there's a lack of training money. There's a lack of all of that in companies nowadays. So they've started these employee resource groups specific to specific groups. There's even an employee resource group for African-American women or Asian women or all women in technology or women in finance. So those groups generally need speakers, you know, audience, mm. you know, content. Um, they want, if, if they go to join my community and they can get, a bit of coaching each week, that's a good um, offer for them to be able to offer to their audiences. And the second is um, organizations that serve women. So women in technology, we're about to announce a really big um, thing that's coming up. They're going to announce it at the woman of the year or the uh, yeah woman of the year awards in November. We'll be announcing a big um, opportunity that we're going to work on together. So I think any organization that needs revenue, which is almost every nonprofit that sure, I know, sure. um, and doesn't want to put the resources and time into it, I can plug my programs directly into that and be able to set up a revenue share model with them that is mutually beneficial because I reach a lot more women, which my goal is 10,000 women. Right. And they do things without having the cost or the need to scale their infrastructure and team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to take us in a slightly different direction, but I do want to come back to the structure of your courses in just a minute. But our, after all, our show is Profit Sense. <laughs> Let's talk about it. I was wondering when we were going to get yeah. to that. Yeah, and so um, you've had a uh, you've had a great uh, path. It certainly has had its ups and its downs, as all business owners. Um, but as you reflect uh, sharing with the business owner audience, uh, talk a little bit about your 
your path to profitability, uh, things that you struggled with, things that you did really well? Yeah. I never had trouble making money. Uh, revenue was not a problem ever. Um, signing more customers, getting clients, that was not a problem. Making good money, gross margin dollars, and managing expenses in a way that I really thought about profitability. I literally, for the longest time, thought your bank account balance was your P&L um, net income. I mean, that's uh-huh. literally how cursory it was at the very beginning. So, um, so when I realized, as I started to look at the cadence and the discipline of a monthly P&L and a balance sheet, and for me, I had to have a coach, which this is where Bill comes in. You know, I, I can't stress enough to the audience that's listening to this, that if you're a small business owner and you're, and you're struggling with really, number one, understanding how to leverage your financials, because understanding your numbers is one thing, but then understanding your leverage points is a whole different thing. Um, if you're struggling with that, then you need to hang up from this podcast right now, call Bill McDermott and get him <laughs> to your office. So, um, you know, for me, once I understood, my, I had to first understand the structure of my P&L. Then I had to really understand, and we talked about this all the time, how do I leverage my cost side as well as my margin side, as well as the productivity of my employee side? We talked about that a lot mm-hmm. um, to be able to run a more profitable business. And you helped me with everything from that first line of credit that we signed and we took pictures in the bank. I still remember. I, I still I remember. You that. know that? You I, remember? I have the picture. I know. It was such a great <laughs> moment for us. Um, cause I was using factoring up to that point. I had a great factoring partner, Allied Financial, who I highly recommend when you start out, but it was expensive money. And when we started to put that money back into reinvesting in the business, it magically was like, you know, sprinkling dust on, um, you know, magic beans for us in so many ways to be able to grow it. So getting that line of credit, but the really critical part that you helped me with, there's two parts. One was understanding the leverage of that P and L. And if we could just change, remember we would leave the meeting and you'd say, Trish, I just want you to focus on this one thing. You'd put your finger up every time this one (laughs) thing, Trish, and I would, I would nail it. You were, you were great at that. I would nail it once I understood the one thing. Yeah. And the second thing is when I sold my business, you mm-hmm. were, I, I can't stress this enough to your audience because you don't only get the 30 years of banking and understanding how a banker thinks about your stuff, but then you get the friendship and the, the coaching of somebody who genuinely doesn't have any dog in the fight other than to see you be successful. And that's so invaluable for business owners because people will lie to you when it's something in it for them they will right. tell you oh no don't worry about this oh you don't you don't have to think much about that oh we need to be spending money here if there's some if there's something in it for them people just human nature is like that the thing i loved about you was you were always so neutral about that and you wanted to see what was best for the business but also what was best for trisha dempsey and it's yeah. hard to think like that sometimes as an entrepreneur yeah so um on the topics of had to change your mindset about mm-hmm. profitability, elevating your standards, uh, self-limiting beliefs. Uh, did you have any of that going on as far as figuring out your path to profitability? I had all of that. You know, I, I think I was so service-oriented, and this is just by nature who I am. I'm so service-oriented to my employees, my clients, and everything that I had to pull back and realize you had to support the business first. Right. So that was a big mindset shift. Um 
I had self-limiting beliefs that I could actually run a larger business. And we kind of proved all that wrong over the years. But I always thought that, you know, Agile would be a one or $2 million business. And I, this last year, they just finished. I just was talking to the guy who I turned the office over. They're $14 million this year. Wow. Um, and so, you know, unless you've built that, you know, I think big company people don't always understand how hard it is to do for a small company to do that, but no it's question. pretty exceptional. Yeah. Um, so I had real limiting beliefs about how to get to that number. Um, and I also told myself all the time that finance was not my thing and I was just going to put my head in the sand and not really uh, pay attention to it. Right. Because I was going to pay attention to the things that I was only strong on. That that had to change mm-hmm. to be – I had to – confront the numbers and understand what they look like. But also, I mean, we did a good job, I think, working on this over the years. The numbers are historical, you know, they only tell the story of the past, but the leverage of those numbers tells the story of the future. And so I had to get out of that. This was just a past review exercise, Mm -hmm. that this was really a future fueled and focused exercise, not a past exercise. I also remembered you, so you taught me something that was incredibly invaluable. So um, being a numbers nerd, Mm -hmm. uh, the numbers told the story, but actually I felt like you and I, when we were working uh, on the business, we had to figure out a way to do that in pictures, Mm -hmm. uh, bar graphs, charts, Mm -hmm. because there are people who see numbers and get numbers, um, but there are also people that need to see it in, you know, in graphic form. Yeah. Uh, pictures worth a thousand numbers, thousand words, yes. and uh, and so uh, being able to see that uh, in a different way visually, uh, I also think contributed yeah. to that. Yeah, I mean, by the time we finished selling Agile, we were like a well-oiled jazz band. You know, it was just <laughs> a, one of those things we would get in and riff off of each other all the time about how we how we work together. But for me, it's so visual and. It has to be really, really simple, too. And I think that is the magic of what McDermott Financial brings to customers is the simplicity of things that just don't have to be overly complicated. And and the one – can I tell this one story? You might not even have thought to bring it up today. But, sure, you know, go for it. One of the things that I started talking to my people about was each year, you know, how do you want to develop? How do you want to grow your skill sets? What do you want to do? Almost unanimously, because they saw you come into the office all the time, they'd say, I really want to understand our numbers more. I'd be like, yeah, but you're a recruiter or a salesperson. You know, what do you need to know? They're like, no, I really want to understand. Like when you make a decision, Trish, why do we make that decision? And what does that really look like? And Bill came in and taught, I think, six sessions to my team on P&L, balance sheet, the power of 1%, you know, the all of the different lessons. And that was one of the biggest development that my team craved and that you were able to provide um, so that when I made announcements like, hey, we're going to invest in this or we're going to do this or we're going to change paths, people would say like, help me understand what the impact's going to be on the bottom line. Help me understand what is that 1% that we're going to change. You know, they got the nomenclature of it, which was so powerful. I think it was one of our biggest opportunities and biggest time periods of growth at Agile. Yeah. Well, and I think you created a culture there where everyone had a voice. Mm -hmm. And uh, once they knew exactly um, what the impact was or how they could impact those numbers, uh, then they started picturing it in in their own minds and their mindsets changed. So, well, thanks so much for sharing uh, that that profitability story. I want a uh, final question on uh, uh, Thrive First. So uh, describe a little bit about the structure of your courses 
uh, how the women will receive support. Yeah. So if you register for one of my courses, purpose is up right now, thrive-her.com slash purpose. So if you go there and you get registered for our upcoming class on November 5th, you're going to get an email back from me on November 5th. We're going to jump on a, um, on a coaching call together and I'm going to give you an orientation. Here's what's going to happen in the next six weeks. Right after that call, you'll get a module of training delivered to you in your member portal. So you'll go in and digest that module. And it also comes along with growth sheets and activities that you're going to be working your way through individually. And then we're going to come back week two and we're going to talk about what that really looks like. So in those group coaching calls, people might be saying, how do you coach 45 people at the same time? Like, what does that look like? We jump on a Zoom group coaching call. I can see everybody's face unless they don't turn their cameras on. We have a no makeup policy, so you can come (laughs) without makeup on that day. And then in that group coaching call, I teach for a short period of time. And then in Zoom, you can actually create breakout rooms. So like yesterday, we did breakouts of... Um, three people in a room and they shared their homework with one, with one another and got a lot of feedback from one another. And then we mm-hmm. pulled them back. I create polls in the chat. We, we, I'm polling all, all throughout the class. So the class is very interactive. Women are very involved. But then after the class is over, they have this thing called the pinpoint your purpose community. This is where the women can talk to each other. Think about it like a private Facebook group that's not inside of Facebook, because a lot of people I've found just don't love their data being out on Facebook. Sure. Um, so this is the opportunity for them to ask questions or post their homework back up or get feedback from people or, hey, I had a win this week and everybody celebrates. I call that the built-in Thrive Tribe. So you have the digital course as one component, the um, group coaching call, and then the community. And it is really a comprehensive level of support for women, more than I think they get in any other program that I've been able to discover. Wow. All that sounds sounds just exciting. Yes. And I by the expression on your face, I can see that. Yeah, I'm just a little you're, excited. You're thriving. <laughs> so uh, final thoughts, final comments uh, for our professional women listening yeah. audience out there. Yeah. What would you want to what would you want to close with? I got, I got two two thoughts for one for women and one for your audience specifically. Can I I'll do your audience first because sure. I think about this If you're starting a business, even before you start a business, find Bill McDermott. Because I think this is, you want to find somebody you can trust from the very beginning. You're not going to know everything. And if you partner with somebody who understands the journey that you're going to go on, you're going to go a lot farther, faster. So Mm -hmm. let me just leave that as a parting note there. And then for women, I don't care what level you are in your career you can now afford a coach. I want to coach you. So please go out to the website, join our community at thrive-her.com slash join and become part of our community. You'll start getting coaching immediately. So if you've always thought that's reserved for the highest of the high women and the falutinous of the falutinous, it's not, it's reserved for you too. And, And I think, again, you can go farther faster with somebody who sees your blind spots, can help you understand the next step to take and have the clarity and the confidence you need to get where you want to in your career. And I think you're on Facebook, too, as well. I'm on Facebook under thrive.hercoaching um, and pretty much on every social media platform as okay. that as well. So right. they can check me out there. 
Well, Tricia Dempsey, it looks to me like you're thriving and have so much to offer yeah. the uh, uh, professional women community. Excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it's my honor to be the first guest. Yes. The first our, of many. On our inaugural uh, uh, show, thanks so much to uh, to Tricia and to our audience. Uh, this will uh, be up and available for listening shortly. Uh, this is Bill McDermott with Profit Sense. Have a great day. <laughs>